It's timely. It's insightful. It's motivating. It's empowering. It's time with Fred, your inspirational broadcast with host Fred Gaddy. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Time with Fred podcast. This is a podcast that challenges paradigms and mindsets that hold us back. My guest today is Francine Ivey. She's a certified solutions-focused life coach with a niche in um, areas such as parenting, marriage, and overcoming crisis. Her favorite part of coaching is seeing other people inspired and, and empowered to live the life they were created to live. She believes coaching is essential to discovering the true capacity for success that is inside everyone. Princeton is a mother of three amazing children and lives in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. She loves college football, old movies, and superheroes. One thing that sets Francine apart, um, as with many of my guests, is, is the story behind the person. I've often said this more than one time that it's, you know, guests who come on this podcast have all the fancy titles and, and accolades and all the achievements and all that, but behind that, they're often powerful stories. And my guest today, Francine Ivy, is no exception. Francine, welcome to the Time with Fred podcast today. I am so honored to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. The pleasure is all mine. Francine, behind all of that, behind you being an amazing mom and a life coach and all of the great things that um, you love to do, life changed for you um, mm -hmm. January 8, 2017. I And I know this is probably, um, it goes without saying that this is, probably a very difficult thing each time you have to tell the story, but can you take us back uh, to that day um, and let us in a little bit um, as to what happened to you? Sure. You know, it's amazing. Every time I hear that date, um, there, there are just events in life where it literally sp splits time in two. Mm -hmm. um, everything that we talk about or experience, um, we memories, it's always, was it before? or after that day. Um, and I don't think I knew that um, until I was actually facing that myself. So um, on January 8th, it was a Sunday morning. Um, just to give you a little background, my husband and I had been married 27 years. Um, we had three amazing kids. Um, they were at the time 21, 16, and 11. Um, he was a pastor. We had just started a church in the Gulf Coast, um, and we were living in Mobile, Alabama at the time. He had preached uh, an incredible message that morning called Consumed by the Call of God, um, and was just sharing about his life and what God had just given him as far as opportunities to share the gospel, the different people that he had laid hands on and set into ministry. And the interesting thing is, number one, we recorded that message. And number two, he named everybody that he had laid his hands on and set into ministry, actually named their names and almost spoke to them during the message. We had no idea how important these things were going to be to us later and to the people that he had touched and the lives that he had, um, that he had, um, 
spoken into. So that afternoon, I, I laugh because we got fried chicken, which uh, both of us kind of grew up in the Baptist church. So we, we laugh at the fact that um, that's the Baptist bird. You know, that's what you eat on Sunday afternoon, other than when you go to grandma's and you eat roast. So um, we, we had fried chicken that afternoon. And as we were sitting there, um, he said, oh my goodness, this was, this is like the day of the ivies. And I was like, what, what do you mean the day of the ivies? And he said, um, he said, well, you know, Reagan is 21 years old. She's on a cruise with your best friend and, and her best friend and, and just, you know, studying the word together and God's moving because she had just called us the day before. And then, um, you know, my 16-year-old had actually led worship that morning. She did a beautiful job. And uh, my husband was not only a pastor, but a worship leader. So just seeing his footsteps being, you know, her following in his footsteps when it came to worship. And then my 11-year-old son was the first one to come forward. And a matter of fact, the video just barely shows that front where his hand goes up on his little hand went up on his dad's shoulders. So, um, and was just giving everything to the Lord. So it was just one of those mornings where everything was falling into place, into place for us. Um, and so that afternoon we got finished eating. He said, I'm going to run to the store. And I was stepping into a business meeting. Um, I had been running a business for 12 years. We both had very successful. I mean, honestly, our ministry was going great. Our family was going great. 27 years of, of what I would call honeymoon marriage. Um, I really tell people that I was loved in 27 years, more in that short time than most people get in a lifetime. And so I was stepping into um, a meeting with my team. It was going to probably take about an hour. I was, um, we were teaching on, um, on biblical things to our team and just sharing with them as we were casting a vision at the beginning of the year. And he said, when I get back, I'll have coffee made and we'll sit at the kitchen table and do what we always did, which was plan for the week because we worked together. We were family together. We homeschooled our kids, everything 24-7 together. When I stepped out of the office, I expected him to be at the kitchen table and he was not home yet. And I asked the kids, where's dad? And he, they said, he hasn't come home yet. Well, I knew something. It was just around the corner. It was five minutes around the corner. Like that was going to be unusual. So I waited just a moment before I knew it. I was grabbing my keys and I got in the car and I drove around the corner and I saw the fire trucks and I saw the lights and the police and the just, I couldn't see the car, but I could tell something really bad had happened. And uh, I stopped the car and um, I remember just praying for a moment and hoping and praying that he had stopped for the accident because that would have been like him to stop for the accident. But already something, the Lord was already starting to stir in my spirit. I called a friend and said, hey, I need you praying. So I called actually several friends, said, I need you praying. I don't know what's going on. I can't get into it right now, but something's up. And um, then the police officer came back to my car and I just stood up and and, I, and he said, um, are you, are you okay? And he's like, I said, my husband's not answering the phone. And he said, what kind of car? And he, of course, a little discussion went on. And then he, he said, I'll be right back. Let me go check. I could tell by his face that I was not going to be getting some good news. And thank goodness, a couple of my friends not only were praying for me, they showed up um, by my side when I when I got the really hard news that um, it was instantaneous. He was on his way back from the store. A truck was running through the light. Uh, a semi was running through the light. And one moment he was driving home, and the next minute he was in the arms of Jesus. Um, 
I remember crumbling to the floor and understand I've been a pastor's wife for years. I know what it's like to be on the other side of the table. I had no idea. I remember sitting there telling a friend of mine with tears streaming down my face. I didn't know that grief physically hurt like my heart. When you say heartbreak or, uh, you know, uh, when your heart breaks, I, I, for the first time understood what that actually meant. It was painful. Like it was painful. So, um, I, I remember getting home, I have a blur of telling the kids and then this, this moment happened, right? A decision because anytime you face tragedy and whether or not, you know, I know I'm talking to viewers here, you may not have lost a loved one, but you know what grief is like because grief comes from a divorce you never meant to have or a child that has gone astray or a dream that seems to have died right in front of you. That all causes grief, right? So whatever your loss is, this speaks to that as well. And so I remember sitting at a, at a crossroad. I had to make a decision. Part of me wanted to go get in the bed, pull my covers over my head and go, God, this isn't fair. We've done nothing but serve you. We've done nothing but do exactly what you've asked us to do. Why is a bad thing happening to good people? Like this doesn't make sense. I could have chosen that road and I would have had every right to in the humanly world to choose that road. Or I could choose a road that didn't make a lot of sense to the world and just hang on to him with everything I got. And I remember being a puddle in the master bedroom floor. And I said to the Lord, I said, I don't understand. And I'm going to be honest with you. This is not the way I would have written it. But you, if you will promise me to use my pain for some purpose, if you promise me that you will, you will give me a reason for this, that you will change the world with this, then I'll give you my yes right here. My 16-year-old probably put it in a pretty simple term. She said, Mom, everything I've ever believed my entire life, raised as a preacher's kid, right? Everything I've ever believed with exclamation points. She said, Mom, I have to be honest. They're all question marks right now. And she said, I'm going to have, a, have to wrestle with God. And um, so... I remember that slowly God and gently, because he can take that. I try to tell people, he can take your honesty. My 16-year-old was being honest. I don't understand. And he slowly and gently showed us how to take those question marks and pull them back out into exclamation points. I'm so sorry to hear about that. I know there's been um, a few years um, have passed, but I, I, I can't. I can't think of anyone telling this story, regardless of how many times, regardless of how many years have passed without getting, getting, um, or having to relive, uh, the very painful, uh, moments. My condolences to you and your family. Francine, how does, what does this do to one's faith? Um, you mm. know, pastor's wife grew up in church, you know, training up our kids to trust in the Lord and, and all of that. And, especially after such a great day at church and feeling the power and the presence and all that and one perfect moment and the next thing you know the whole world has, has flipped mm -hmm. what does it do to one's faith oh, it rocks it i mean nothing makes sense right and you know in in that in that moment, you feel like, is God fair? Does he love me? Does he see me? Um, 
uh, I remember, um, you know, even people would come up to me and go, I don't understand. Right. And I had nothing to give at that moment because I didn't understand either. Um, but this is what I knew. And, 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 you know, fortunately for me, I had walked with the Lord for a, for a long time and my husband had discipled me. He actually led me to Christ at 21. So he had discipled me. And I remember sitting there going, God, I have to trust you. Um, because you're all I have right now. Um, you're going to have to show me the way. And he reminded me of a time when we were leading worship. And he said, do you remember what you said to the people? And I said, yes. He said, say that to me. And, um, and so what I had said in the middle of worship was, God, you're good. God, you're able. And God, you love me. You're good even when life isn't good. You're able even when you're telling me no. And you're not going to do anything. And you love me even when I don't feel it. And he brought my words back to me in a moment when life wasn't good, right? He didn't feel good at the moment. He was telling me, no, my, my husband was not going to come home. And he does love me even though at that moment it didn't feel like it. Um, I literally had to face the fact that I live in a broken world. And would have God, would God have changed that? And any yeah, He did on the cross, right? That's where He said, "Enough is enough." And one day, my children will never feel death again, and they will never feel grief again, and they will never cry again. I have to stop this. And one day, we will be there. But until then, unfortunately, we live in a broken world where these things are still here. Yeah, yeah. And and we see this play out day after day. I mean, you. One just needs to trim the news and, and just just see the um, the craziness and the chaos and, and and everything else that's that's going on in the world today. You, in your first broadcast after you took over your your, uh, your late husband's Facebook page, you, you 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 were doing a broadcast and you I think I think among the some of the things that you you were sharing was the fact that we're not exempt, right? But right. but God, um, yes. I think there is this preconception that as you know children of god as, as christians whatever mm -hmm. as faith people uh, that, that we're exempt right that the bad things would uh would not happen to us but you yes. you 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 mentioned that we were not exempt can you, can you elaborate a little bit on that yeah and you know how fair would it be really of god if he said only that my children were the only ones who got favor mm -hmm. right i mean i know where i'm going I know that the day is coming for me that um, I will feel no longer any pain. I will be back with him. As a matter of fact, I was on a trip to Mobile and they had to emergency land the plane. And honestly, one part of me was like, oh no, you know, but then the other part of me was like, I've got a lot of people in heaven I might be meeting in a moment. Like, like death is not a, a, a fearful thing for me. Like the, it, that's going home. That's like day one for me. So when I look at that, and I, for others, I, they, they need him to be good, right? They need to see his goodness. And so it, I, I know this sounds almost upside down to the world because you think you favor your own children, you favor, but he, if, if he literally did that, if that's how he ran this world, would people really be loving him to love him? I mean, how messed up would the world get very, very quickly 
And then how angry would people be? You can't favor a child over another child. I mean, everything about that, I can't even explain it in words. Everything about that would make him a very unfair God. And that's not who he is. You also mentioned that um, decisions matter, right? They they impact others, not not just you. You know, whether it's yes. the person who sits behind the wheel and you know, mm-hmm. drunk driver or whatever. Uh, talk a little bit about that because there is this in this selfish world that we live in, a very individualist uh-huh. world that we live in. It's all about me, 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 right? It's all about me. It's all about what I can have, what I can get, without any thoughts to. Um, the, the other people, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But but I love I love that um, that 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 comment that your decisions matter. Let's let's dive that. Let's let's mm-hmm. let's unpack that that a little bit. Why why do I have to care, right? If if it's if it's just me, you know, and, and not why why do I have to think about my neighbor? Why do I have to think about you know the the next generation? Why don't I just get whatever I want, right? After all, I, I work for it. It's my life. No one can tell me what to do, right? We've we've heard this. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> Why why does it matter? Yes. Well, because even if we don't believe it, the fact of the matter is every decision that we make affects other people, whether it be our children um, or our neighbor or a coworker. You know, when I decided to have a bad mood and we have no idea the ripple effect that happens every time, whether good or bad, we have this ripple effect that happens. So in this situation, when they brought me back, um, you know, just the logistics of what happened, it was just 10 miles over the speed limit, 10 miles. And if, if that truck driver had chosen not to go 10 miles over the speed limit, my husband would have made it past the accident. I mean, how many people do that all the time, right? And don't even think twice about that. And in that moment, that choice, right, that would seem like no big deal, changed thousands of lives forever right changed my life changed my children's life it's the way that the world works right now is that every decision we make everything that we say everything that we do i mean it's made i know it's made me and the children much more aware of how how we smile at people how how we treat people when they're my son was even saying today we were we we had to pick up someone from the airport right before the podcast and we drove through a little drive through and um well a little fast food we went in actually cuz the drive through was too full and we went in it was it was pretty bad service to be honest and when my son got in the car he goes mom thanks for always just being graceful that you didn't fuss and you didn't get mad and you didn't mouth off to anybody that you really had a lot of grace. And thanks for teaching me to be that way too. Well, my, right? They're, they're watching. Yes. So the fact of the matter is the, the way I've chosen to live my life is affecting my son, but we also have no idea how that affected the young man behind the counter who knew he was doing wrong, who knew he should have done better, but he was feeling grace how much more do I look like Jesus when I am giving grace than when I'm holding someone toe-to-toe on something that they should be doing? I, I can't find myself screaming, that's not fair, I'm owed to something, when my Jesus gave me everything and, you know, my whole life is grace right now, right? Every moment I have, every hour that I get to live, and every breath that I have, because I know what was the price that was paid for me. 
Did, uh, did he have a driver make it? Did a truck driver make it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you ever get to meet him? Mm-mm. No, I don't even know the name. Yeah. I chose not even to look at the um, at the traffic report because I knew there are some parts of me that's very human, and I knew I I could not do it. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, Romans eight twenty eight. We all know that scripture, and one that that you mentioned as well in that video. All things mm-hmm. work together for good. Not that all things are good, right? right. Um, and this mm-hmm. is something, another one that we wrestle with a lot. Um, it's, 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 it's through it all, right. Where, you know, be thankful, um, uh, for not, not, not that we're, we're, we're thankful for the things that have happened, right. The, the painful things, but through those things, we're going to be thankful. Let's, 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 let's talk about that a little bit as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good point that you make. Um, and a point I try to make with everybody as well, that, that, that verse doesn't say that all things that happen to us is good, but it does say that we have a an amazing God who can make it turn out to our good. And at that, at the moment of the pain point or that, you know, that, that, that event that happens in your life, you cannot imagine how God can turn it to your good. Um, But I can tell you that over the last five years, over and over and over, God has stepped in and used our story to put marriages back together to, to, um, explain who he is. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that me and my children are very different people now. Um, now we chose to soften, not harden, right? I, I, I think you don't go through any event without it, with, without you being different. You just have to decide, are you going to be softer because of the event? Or are you going to be harder because of the event? And we chose the softer, the softer side of that. And because of that, it allowed God to bring it all to our good. So um, just like you were mentioning, um, the Thursday after the funeral, and I will just go ahead and tell you, we didn't call it a funeral. We called it a celebration of life. Um, They quit counting at about 1,200 um, showing up for this event from all over the world. People were flying in from all over the world. We got to, um, the Lord gave me enough grace at the end for me to share the gospel in over a hundred hands, even at the celebration of life, gave, gave their life to Christ. Um, and then four days after the funeral, God said, I need you to get on that podcast. And I mean, not podcast, but Facebook live. And I was like, um, I don't do that. Like it was my husband who had four doctorates. It was him who spoke and all of those things. And God said, no, I, I need you to get on get on the Facebook Live. And this is, of course, when Facebook Live was just coming out. It was a big deal. We had just gotten off Periscope because we were actually doing Periscope, if anybody remembers that, um, training our team. So we got on Facebook Live. He was doing these little devos in the morning, um, Monday through Friday, every morning, just while people were going to work. And God said, I need you to get on it on that Thursday morning. So I um, argued with God cause I'm a brat, but eventually, um, got on the, got on the live. And this was really the beginning of God saying, I made you a promise when you were a puddle on the floor to make, give purpose to your pain. And here's how I'm going to start it. So, um, I just shared the story. Honestly, I figured 50 of my friends would show up for this video and they would see me ugly cry and just be raw and real. There was no script as you saw. Um, and by midnight that night, um, 34,000 people had watched the video. It was crazy. And I uh, shared that um, sometimes our, our purpose um, 
in life uh, is shaped significantly by mm-hmm. some of the difficult moments or difficult uh, situations we go through mm-hmm. in life. Thoughts on that? Um, I think that when you go through that that moment, you have to you first make a decision. Which way are you going to go? And either way is painful. Just one is probably going to extend more painfully. And if you'll choose to lean in and hang on to God, um, He will walk you through the healing of that. Does it make that moment any less hard? No. Um, I still miss Him still today. I still wear the wedding ring. We're still married, even though He's in heaven. And and one moment I can think about him and and his blue eyes and get butterflies in my stomach. And the next moment I feel, you know, I, I feel grief all over again. But the fact of the matter is that God, because I chose to be soft and to follow God and allow him to use that, he has over and over provided for us. He has over and over shown us um, a purpose for it. Um, so, if you're going through one of those moments right now, or if you find yourself in one of those moments, I, I can't tell you how faithful God is to be there in those moments. And he will walk you through that healing. Um, I will tell you that grief is a foreign thing to us as Christians, as humans. We weren't, I mean, if you look in Genesis, we weren't created to grieve. Um, we were created to live forever. And so I, at first I couldn't figure out why the grief was so hard. It, it's, it's because we weren't really equipped to deal with it. And so it really does take the Holy Spirit to walk you through that grief and allow you to heal. So, But um, God can give you um, your Romans 8.28 moment. He can give you that moment that where everything starts to make sense. Was that God's perfect will for us? No. You know, he, he didn't want the truck to be going too fast or any of that. But God is so powerful and so magnificent that he can even take that and turn it into good for those who love him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you actually already started addressing um, or someone listening, but um, that's probably someone at that point, um, for instance, who may be mad, angry. Mm-hmm. Um, upset, got their feet ready to walk, um, yeah. blaming, shaking their fists. You know, yes. you know, how dare you, right? Um, mm-hmm. I've served you and all that, and they're, they're grieving or they're going through that moment, whether it's divorce or loss or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Someone listening to you right now and um, stealing with it. Yeah, you're to speak to that person specifically, um, for saying, "What do you say to that person?" Yeah. First of all, it's okay to be angry. Um, just, and and I can't say that I wasn't angry at God for at moments, but it's not God who made these things happen. It's a broken world that we live in. And the only reason he stays his hand and doesn't come back and get us right now is that there's more that need to know him. So first of all, it's okay. And please be honest with God because he already knows your heart. So go ahead and tell him. I told him, I don't like this. I'm angry. I'm lonely. I'm, I, I, I was honest with him. God has great big shoulders and he can take it. And if you don't let it go and dump it out. Now, don't express it and hold it. Express it and lay it at his feet and allow him 
to do what he does with it. And then I would actually advise you to be quiet. After you do that, be quiet because he will speak to your heart and he will start to heal those places. Now, I will tell you that if you're grieving a, a, a loss, there is a part of you that will resist that healing. Like, I didn't want to heal. People would tell me, you know, um, you know, you have a new normal. I didn't want a new normal. I didn't, I didn't ask for this. This is not what I wanted, right? Um, every, there would be people that says, you need to move on. I don't want to move on from this, right? This is not, this was not a choice, but you have to, you have to let him heal you and he will bring purpose to it. Um, I finally hit a point at probably about four years in where memories brought more joy than they brought pain. So the healing comes, it's not just with time. I know a lot of people will tell you healing comes with time. Time's part of it, but the other part is allowing the healing. So be honest, but then be quiet and hang on to him because the healing comes from him. And um, the more you push back, um, the longer it's going to take. So um, you have an enemy, he's mean. I remember at one point that he would tell me if I had a good day, you didn't love weight enough. If you had a, if I had a bad day, you don't have enough faith. He'll lie to you all the way through. So, but um, I just rejected his thoughts and knew that I did love weight enough and I do love Jesus enough and um, that the healing would come and allow yourself to cry because their life was worth it. It's okay. Francine, thank you so much. We're almost out of time here, um, yes. but really quickly before we we wrap this up, you 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 do a lot of coaching. Uh, you help other people. Can you share with our listeners and, and viewers the website and and if someone were to reach out needing some type of help, uh, where, where do they go to find more information about your work? Yeah, our website is consumedcoaching.com, coming from the message consumed by the call, um, but consumedcoaching.com. And of course, you can always find me on Facebook and Instagram, um, Francine Ivy, I-V-E-Y um, being the last name. So, Thank you so much for allowing uh, your story. It's, it's powerful as it is and painful as it is, I'm sure, to, to impact the world. And I trust that if you're listening to this podcast or if you're watching and, um, you know, hopefully you've, 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 you've gotten something, a little bit of hope, a little bit of uh, um, reason to, to keep trusting, to keep, uh, to keep, to keep uh, hope alive mm -hmm. uh, from someone who's, who's, who's walked the path, who's experienced it. Not a, not a pleasant experience by any means, but um, if this has inspired you, this is really what it's all about. Um, mm -hmm. Reach out to friends and let her know um, how this podcast and how this message has helped you uh, as well. So I want to thank you, Francine, again for coming on the podcast and to you, audience you. and listeners, for, for listening. And uh, we couldn't really do this uh, without you. So thanks again for your time. And also, until next time, stay well. Thank you. Thank you.